Hey, podcast listeners, I just wanted to jump on real fast before we start this episode and talk to you about something that you're going to hear in it. We talk a lot about FedBizOps. You're going to hear that FBO over and over and over again in this podcast. It's because we recorded this several months ago and just because of the backlog of podcasts and things and timing, it's coming out now. And so what I want you to pay particular attention to is the techniques and strategies that David uses throughout this episode. The techniques and strategies are spot on exactly how you can win these sole source contracts. You're just using a different system now. You're just using beta.sam.gov, but the techniques and strategies are spot on. So remember that as you're going through this episode. The other thing is I want to once again, thank everybody. We just passed a hundred episodes on the podcast. That's such a big milestone for us. We really, really appreciate all the listeners tuning in and, and just devouring all these episodes all the time. So thank you so much. If you have a minute, I'll ask you for one favor. If you could go write a review for the podcast, I'd really, really appreciate it. The reviews are how uh, Apple iTunes actually keeps you know pushing this up in the search results when people type in government contracting and that sort of thing. So reviews are very, very helpful for that. So thank you again for 100 episodes and let's jump into this one. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here with Game Changers for Government Contractors and As always, we have a really fun, exciting episode for you today. I have got a first-time guest on here. His name is David Neal. David is the managing partner for David Neal Consulting. David, welcome to the show. Why don't you take a minute to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do over there? Excellent. Well, thank you, Mike, so much for having David Neal Consulting on. I go back about 13 years. I have worked for three 8A companies small businesses, two of them were woman-owned, and loved every single minute of it. And actually, it was my wife in 2014, 2015 that really encouraged me to start my own small business. So David Neal Consulting focuses on helping small, minority-owned, woman-owned, hub-owned, veteran-owned businesses find sole source contracts and sell to the federal government. That's my primary focus. There's a lot into that, as we'll discuss today, but I've been around the federal government now for about 15 years, I've made a lot of wonderful contacts, sold a lot of contracts, and really my passion um, uh, in life when I was 44, 45 was, I I like this, Um, let's help out the little guys, and let's go with some contracts. So, David, good story there. You know, I know it's always fun to see people who have been in the industry for a while. They've seen kind of the good, the bad. Uh, you know, they've they've done this on their own. And then it's so it's so awesome to me how once people have had a taste of success, they want to help others and they want to you know take that knowledge and just kind of carry other people along. And and so, you know, kudos to you for for doing that. Now, one of the things that really sparked my interest when we first started talking was the fact that you do work with a lot of these smaller companies, uh, the 8A companies, uh, you know, different economic statuses that they have and focus on the sole source side of it. Because I see so many times, and, and let me back up for a minute. I think that whether you're 8A, whatever status it is, I think a lot of times people that are in those positions get some really bad advice. They get told, hey, this is going to be a slam dunk. All you've got to do is go get your certification 
once you have that, the government's just going to open their pocketbook up and they're just going to start handing you these contracts. You, you're not even going to have to compete with people. This is going to be so easy. <laughs> and yeah, exactly, you're already laughing. And and they start and they think, wow, this is going to be easy because, you know, all, all I got to do is go get my certification and then the money's just going to rain from the heavens. And I, I, I really do think that's bad advice. And I think sometimes they get into business and they do win their first contract or two and it is that easy but then they can't figure out the next contract or the one after that or they're in the 8a program and they graduate and they're like uh we can't win anything because we've been using our status this whole time and we haven't figured out how to actually you know play the game of government contracting that sort of thing and so i think there's a lot of disservice on the front end to this whole area of business and so like when we you and i were talking and you were going through how to win the sole source contracts i'm like this is not just about sole source contracts this is like teaching people how to actually just win government contracts regardless of your status but you know kind of giving them almost like a like a jump start of like we're going to use your status to kind of jump start you in this field with these sole source activities but once you graduate and do other things down the road, you'll have the tools in your toolkit to be able to, to win any contract with, without any of this stuff. And so that's that's what kind of well, it, yeah. sparked me in the beginning. It's, so Yeah, and to me, it's kind of the, you know, I like to do uh, different analogies. And so um, you, w- when you and I were talking and I gave you my 18-step uh, playbook and you were like, wow, 18 steps, that's a lot. But to me, they're the fundamentals of blocking and tackling, right? Right. And if you know how to block and tackle in football, you know, you can win some football games. But what happens a lot of times, you hear professional sports teams or or even college teams uh, say, we got away from the basics. And so now we're just going to go back to the basics. Mm. And regardless if it's sole source or if it's, um, you know, just a regular sales opportunity. What I see a lot of times is um, people get away from those basics. They get away from those fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Now, the fundamentals in selling are, are, are always the same, but they really ramp up when you're going to sell to the federal government. And, and you're exactly right. The, the 18-step program that I have um, helps people re- if they're going to get a sole source contract or just a government contract or any contract. Um, I particularly focus in on for, for the small businesses, but you're right that those fundamentals can be used anywhere. Yeah. And it, I love what you said there. And it, it's funny. And if people are listening to the show and, and you listen to game changers, kind of, you know, like binge listen, you'll notice a theme. And, and I've said this before, when we bring our experts on here who've won millions of dollars in government contracts, one of the first things they do is they take us back to the basics, the fundamentals. Yeah, and that, the yeah, it, that is not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence how important the basics are, because I think too many people, again, they get so focused on these bright, shiny objects of their certification or something else or some new strategy they heard about and they forget about the blocking and tackling. They forget about the basics of how to do that. They forget about the basics of customer service or whatever it is. And and they just just processes. Just processes. Yeah. Processes in general. Right. Yeah. And I I love the fact that you have 18 steps on on how to to do this because it shows you've put the thought into all of the pieces. To me, having a process is a basic. 
That's one of the basics. Yeah. It's just having a process. Because if you don't have a process, you are really just you know, winging it every single time, and you can't <laughs> you can't yeah. measure winging you it. Can't so, afford to do that. Yeah, and like you can't go back and go, well, we did this one thing wrong. And that's what tanked the whole deal. No, you don't know because you've never done the same thing twice. You don't know where you're going wrong or you don't know what you did right, which is even more dangerous. So you don't know how to repeat what's right. Like, why did we win? And we don't know, you know, so that so that's a, a big one as well. So, so tell me about this mythical creature here called the soul source contract. You know, <laughs> what what, what is the uh, what is the uh, I guess the, most people listening will be like, so what's the key to winning soul source contracts? You know. Well, and so let me let me first go back and I'll relate this to a story of, of my first sole source contract, and I'll tell you just a little bit about that. I started working for my first 8A company. Now, I, I put a caveat on that. They had already got their 8A certification. They already knew what product and service um, they were going to sell to the federal government, and that is great. That is great. They brought me on board. I used to work at um, another company with the owner so they brought me on board sat down we went through what the 8a business development was all about so anyway i went out onto and i always love this because people say you can't get contracts off of fed biz ops <laughs> so i went out to fed biz ops and i remember this i went out to fed biz ops and i looked under particular sources sauce and rfis not just looking for opportunities right i looked under the source of thought found something that that was really a, a perfect fit. We wrote up a very nice response to that to the contracting officer. Still remember her name, Kara Annette Fleming. About three to four weeks later, we received a um, an award, and I looked at the <laughs> owner, and I at first we didn't know what it was, and then we we called her, and she said, "Well, you you were the only ones to answer the sources thought, and we were spot on. Pricing was spot on." And the owner and I looked at each other and said, "This is it. We we've got the award." She goes, "Well, you guys are an 8A company. We sent our 8A certification in." And we first looked at each other. Now the owner and his and his sons, they had by the time I joined them, I think they had been in the 8A program three years. They had no 8A contracts, but they oh, really wow. weren't looking in the right places. Hmm. Um, and so one of the things in the, because what they were, what they, what they weren't that, well, let's see, they were sitting back waiting for contracts to be brought to them. Hmm. So they brought me on board to actually pursue it. And that's, that's almost step one in my process is you really, you, you've got to hunt for this. You, right. you, you call it the mythological creature, right? You've yeah. got to hunt for it. You got to know where to look. You got to. And especially when selling to the federal government under source of thoughts and RFIs, that is the government saying, you who, is there anyone out there that does this? Right. If you do this really, really well? Well, guess what? We want you. So hmm. there are ways, of course, because of the Freedom of Information Act, to find all of these things, right? They're all clearly accessible. But it, again, it goes back to a fundamental, knowing your NACE code, knowing what you can do, putting together a nice response, you know, having your capability statement built, um, having your certification and all your paperwork. You see, if you didn't have any of those things, it would not have got that first contract. So right. got that first contract, and I, I believe it was approximately $250,000, and, you know, we celebrated. We were very happy. Well, about a month later, another award for $40,000 showed up, and we kind of all looked around like, oh, no, what you know, what is this? What we called 
Aeronet Fleming again. She said, we need another device. And boom, we had a, another contract that was, you know, awarded to us. So now we were really celebrating. Then we found another opportunity, and again, off of uh, FedBizOps, and uh, it was uh, another, it was an RFI out of Boise, Idaho. And long story short, we there was competition on that contract, but because we had already established ourselves with the Department of Interior, had two contracts, um, we won that contract. It, it was $1.5 million. Wow. And so off of a source of opportunity and then an RFI, off of FedBizOps, we had about $2 million in contracts that first year. Wow. Now, now I looked at that and I looked at the owner and I said, okay, we can do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We yeah. can do this. But, but one of the things, so when I first got involved with it, like I said, they had their product, they had their, their service, they already had their certification. You know, I helped those small businesses outline what that's going to be or if they already have it. It really doesn't matter to me. Um, I've worked with companies that uh, we established the 8A certification from the beginning or their woman-owned certification or their or uh, veteran-owned businesses where we had to go get their CVE uh, paperwork done or those companies that already have all that are in these programs and then that are, are just frustrated because they haven't seen or got that mythological creature. And it goes back to that bad advice that you talked about where nine times out of ten, they're just sitting there saying, hey, we've got the 8A certification or we've got this woman-owned but we've never got a contract. Well, I sit down and I talk with them and I say, have you done this, 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 and this, which go back to those fundamentals. And they say, no, because we were told, get this contract and people are going to give you contracts. Well, you've got to put in the hard work, the time, the effort, establish yourself, find those people who are going to hand out those contracts. And then you can go from there. Right. You know, and and even like your point, this is something we always harp on. It's, it's always good when we bring guests on without even talking about it. You guys reinforce what we're saying. It's so good because we always say, like with FedBizOps, if the first time you heard about the RFP, notice this at RFP, is on FedBizOps, yeah. you, prob- you probably lost if that's the first time you heard about it there. So we always tell people, if you're looking at like your the time you're allocating on FedBizOps, spend 80% of it looking for sources, RFIs, that sort of thing, and 20% for RFPs. Because guess what? Most people are not going to respond to the sources sought because everybody thinks, right. ah, somebody else is going to do that. We're going to save our energy for the RFP. And then nobody responds yeah, to it. And, hit, it and there you are. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or they, or or that one company does respond to it, which has been my experience, and they win. Yeah, and they win, and you're like, where did the RFP go? Why didn't this go to? What happened? And like, oh, we found a small company that could sole source. <laughs> you know, you know, That's it. They responded, and we took this completely out of the cycle. You know, and it's like. Yeah. And that's where, to me, there should be more time spent on RFIs, source um, of salt, whatever you want to call them, because um, it's just a great opportunity. The other thing that, that I always tell our clients is the interesting thing about the source of salt place is it's actually pre-acquisition. And there's there's a lot of opportunity to not only ask questions in that stage, but to shape the RFP if it does go to RFP. So that's your well, opportunity. You're, you're getting into my you're getting into my 18 steps now. Because- yeah. What I really have learned is to get proactive, and I use that word hunting and hunting for that mythological creature, and really what I learned over my last decade in selling to the federal government is that, okay, I can get in and craft, I can get in and I can find, I can get in and I can present myself so that 
those to be determines or those sources thoughts or those soul sources, I can just start grabbing them before they ever have to hit a website, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, procurement. Um, and so you're, you are exactly right. If I, I try to teach my clients to be proactive. Yeah, you can use FedBizOps, but, you know, we go a step further than that where we use where we we are using the forecast where we are using those people i use fed biz ops sometimes um and i'll give this little tidbit away but i don't mind finding something that is an rfp say for an opportunity on fed biz ops because a lot of times i'm after just the name or the contact of that mm-hmm. person um and then i'm marketing to that person i'm like you know i you know if you already have a decision made that's fine, but I wanted to let you know that we have a client out here that is doing this, and right. you're buying this. So there's different things and different ways to go after FedBizOps. I think it is an awesome, wonderful tool, it, but it is not the, the end-all, be-all right. website. Right, and, and, that's and what even I try to tell my, my clients. Yeah. yeah, and even as we're talking, you know, it's getting rolled into, you know, SAM.gov, and there's a lot going on, that's and, right. you know, people think, hey, is it going to get, you know, or is everybody going to go over there, and you've got agencies saying, well, we're going to go our own route and set up our own site, and there's a whole yeah. lot going on, but I don't think it's going to go away tomorrow, but, you know, even if it does, you know, it's going to get rolled into something, so the, the opportunities are going to get published, RFPs are still going to be out there, it's not about where they are on, like, which website URL, it's, it's about, you know, the fact that the government is going to be publishing it, so if you're listening, Listening to this, and you're That's like, "Oh, well, FedBizOps is gone." You know, it's still it's it's in another location. It's out there. You know, you just go 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 grab it, go find it. You know, the the thing that I think about, like with those RFPs, is one, you don't get to shape and kind of position like you do being proactive on the RFI piece. But the other thing is, I do see so many clients who, when they see that and think, "Oh, there's only two days to respond," oh, just delete this one and move on. They don't look at that as the long term opportunity like you just described where so what if we're not going to bid on this this is who's buying our stuff we need to know about this we need to be talking to these people i mean how foolish is that it's like being like if you were fishing and you see a couple of guys off to your right and they're just killing they're just pulling fish out of the boat and you're like i guess we're just too late you know instead of saying well why don't we just move over there (laughs) or like oh clearly something's working something's clearly working over there you know and but they don't they a lot of times they're like oh we've lost and they move away i was just talking with a client the other day and i said that's your opportunity to pick up the phone because like you say you're not gonna you're not gonna respond so pick up the phone and the first thing out of your mouth which is this is kind of funny when i say this is hey i'm not calling about anything in acquisition even though you are. So you bring their guard down. Hey, I'm new to working with you guys. I didn't even know you purchased what we sell, but I saw this on FedBizOps, you know, and then you're like, so you're actually are talking about something in acquisition and we're not trying to, we're not trying, we're not even going to respond to that RFP, but we want you to know we're here, you know, in in the positioning that you were talking about because that is your client, that's your potential client. You know, why would you throw that away? And so many people do. So I'm glad to hear you talk about saying, you really, you've let the government raise their hand and say, we could buy from you in the future if you'll just be patient and work with us that's it well and then you know at that time you know get them your capability statement set up a phone call say listen i know you're busy right now you're going through this big acquisition but maybe in two three months when things settle down just what give you a call back i'll do my homework i'll check the forecast for what's coming out in the next six months Mm -hmm. after that and you know what to help you out uh you know a sole source something like that could really help you out so you, you don't have to go through this whole process again. We'll talk about that in two months. 
Yeah. Well, then now you've just really helped out that government contracting officer who is just loaded down, who is just overburdened. And now all of a sudden they look forward to that phone call. And if you've really done your homework and you copied it in the small business specialist, you, you've really prepared for, hey, this is a $2 million contract. We can do this. Here's our experience. We're, now you're staying in front of them. I know you're going to be busy. It's coming up, you know, third, fourth quarter, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, you could do You, I copied in the small business specialist. You could do this uh, a sole source, and that will just help you out in your process, and then you go on down the road. Yeah, mm-hmm. take that time to start marketing, advertising, talking with them. Of course, you got to be a delicate. There's a way to do all those things. I, I work with my clients. Uh, we're not just randomly, you know, doing these things. We're always trying to tie things back to a goal, um, an acquisition forecast. We always try to make it relevant for that contracting officer. Mm. There is like this art and science to doing this. And, you know, that oh, yeah. is that is like the art piece that you're talking about of being able to tie all those things together and make them super relevant. You know, I always look at, you know, we just finished the World Series uh, while we're recording this, and and I know this is going to come out way after that, but in, in the grand scheme of things, baseball is one of those sports where there's so much data that goes into a decision. You know, there's so much data that goes into, you know, are we going to put a left-handed pitcher up against this person or a right-handed pitcher? Are we going to throw fastballs or curveballs? You know, all those kind of things and all of that data, it can all be wrong, right? But all of that data typically, you know, results in, you know, very close games and... It, it, it's often the difference. The people who, you know, if, if, I don't know if you saw the, the movie, was it Moneyball uh, with Brad Pitt that Moneyball, was out there yeah, a, f- a few right. years ago, where they really yeah. introduced bringing in all of this data to make decisions <laughs> and and, yeah. it, and bringing in, you know, thinking through things, not just randomly going with your gut of, oh, I like this kid. He's, you know, from, you know, Alabama, whatever, you know, whatever school and, you know, and, you know, his mom and dad were farmers and, you know, what, like, you know, that's how some decisions were made in the past it was this gut decision of you know i you know he shook his hand the right way and he stepped with his left foot you know, like stuff like that <laughs> versus like having some data that says you know what eight times out of ten when you throw a fastball to this guy he's gonna swing and miss so that's what yeah. we're gonna that's what we're gonna do it. you know and so like so, looking at it from this the same perspective in this so so you know you said something very key and something that really has driven me so uh I used to sell copiers back in the day, early 2000s. Oh, God a, bless you, man. That's a, a brutal business. Oh, yeah. And I had a, I had a, um, you know, every Tuesday we would sit down around the big table and everybody would say, you know, what are you going to bring in? What are you going to bring in? Some people would say, well, I hope to do this and I, and I hope to do this and I hope to do this. And uh, i never forget a great manager that I worked for. He said, hope is not a strategy for success. Right. And i never forget that line. And what it taught me uh, even way back then, and then I apply things with my clients, and it's outlined in the 18, you know, step. One of those steps says, okay, we hope to sell $5 million this year. You know, that'd be great for a small business. Okay. Uh, so then we work through that formula. If we want to sell $5 million, then we've got to find about 15 to $20 million in, mm-hmm. in what we do and what the government is going to buy. And we're going to look at numbers. We're going to look at data. And we're going to look at all these different agencies, and we're going to build that funnel up to about $20 million. Now, if we hit all $20 million, we'll all go to Hawaii and celebrate. But the chances are we're probably going to win 2 to $3 million 
And if we hit everything right, we might hit that five million. Now there is a way, and like in, like we even said at the beginning, that's that's business fundamentals. That is business fundamentals in selling. But so many small businesses don't do that. So many small businesses get there. This is our topic, you know, the this whole source. They get their, you know, their certification. They do this, and then say, well, we hope to get a, a contract this year for two to three million dollars. Well, you, again, hope is not a strategy for success. And what you have to do is like you said, take the data that the government gives you because it's all free, right? And that's that secret sauce. Everybody wants to know what's that secret sauce. Well, you take your certification plus the data plus hard work and fundamentals, and then that is your strategy for success. And that's what yeah. the 18 steps really outline, right? Yeah. And, you know, for, for people listening who don't understand, I, I'm going to ask a very basic question here. For people who don't understand the sole source process, what allows the government to bypass a lot of the regulation and award to one company like that? Yeah. So um, I didn't invent the FAR, right, the Federal Acquisition Regulation. Neither did you. But underneath the FAR, there are a couple different programs. There's the 8A program, which is a nine-year business development program, which when I started, I think it was at $3 million with the ceiling. Now it's up to $4 million. And if you're a you know, Native American company or Alaska Native, there are other you know, ceilings and those things. But we'll just talk in particular about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for a woman-owned small business as well. But the, the, the Bible, if you will, the FAR for the government, the language says if they find a qualified company, and you know things check out as far as references or so forth and they feel that this company has the ability and the capability to perform this contract and they are certified and within one of these programs if the dollar amount is under four million dollars right then the uh, they can award a sole source contract to that company now i said that in about 30 seconds and there's a lot of paperwork like i said in far regulations we didn't invent all of those things but that right. it's just working under the guidelines of what these programs state in, in other words the government allocates buckets of money right buckets of money each year to these programs to the set aside programs and to the sole source programs really the goal of the strategy for each of these small companies is to find out where that who which agency has that bucket of money under the NACE code that I sell in and who's going to you know who's going to give that money away and that's what I focus in on and we use then the past contact the fundamentals to go after and then to get that yeah, no, that's that's perfect. And I think, think there's a lot of people that, again, they hear about it and they're like, I don't, what are the rules? Even just knowing the 4 million piece, I think is very helpful for people. And, you know, again, it's it's a basic question. People can Google it, but I think being able to hear about that and hear at a high level what that's about is is very important for them to hear. So, I mean, I, I could talk to you about this stuff all day long. That's for sure. Oh, I love you know, it. I this, love this it. is, this is some good stuff and, and really talking about the fundamentals and how it all works. Um, you know, I tell you what, why don't I turn it over to you? Why don't you kind of give me like the, the final thoughts here on the high points of winning these and anything else you want to cover? I always like the analogies and the illustrations. And I want to use just a quick analogy. Last year I became a certified scuba diver at the age of 47 and I've snorkeled my whole life and, you know, had fun in the ocean and the water. But in order to get that certification, you know, I had to study, I had to pass a test for it. 
um, different things that I had to do. And even when I did my dives, we still went with a master diver. And it was fun and it was adventurous, yet it was daunting at the same time. And they won't let you go diving, of course, without that certification and without the master diver. And so when I look at David Neal Consulting and how we help and focus in on small businesses, it's almost that same thing. They've taken their time and their energy and their resources to get the certification, and they're going to enter into this wonderful world of federal contracting, which is wide open and it's daunting and it's exciting, yet dangerous at the same time because if you're looking uh, to your left, uh, and that's not where you should focus, you're going to waste all your time and energy. Versus if you're looking in the right direction and you're with a guide, oh, my goodness, it's going to be wonderful, and you're going to explore. And one of, last year when we did one of our dives, we were diving next to sharks. And, of course, we were right next to the master diver, and he, you know, he helped us and he guided us. And even though it was dangerous, it was wonderful. And so – my perspective, having been in this environment for over a decade now, coming up on almost 15 years, I've taken all of that passion, all of that knowledge, and focused it in a very, you could say, niche market, helping these small minority women-owned, hub-owned, better-known companies use their certifications and then finding those contracts. And not that we can't get contracts over $4 million, but those buckets of money, if we can get uh, one contract at $1 million and then get the next one at $2 million and grow from there, then we are helping these small businesses grow, which adds to the economy and on down the road, and we've helped a small business, and I feel great about that. So that's my perspective. I, I love this opportunity, Mike. Thank you so much. Look forward to talking with you again. Because uh, trust me, we, we've just scratched the surface. We'll, we'll take uh, maybe step one or two next time, and we can really do a deep dive. You know, we, we've stayed real high level, but we can break down a NACE code or we can get into federal procurement data systems and, you know, all, all this fun government talk. We can really get in and start analyzing that data. But at the end of the day, it still comes back to the fundamentals, the basics, staying in our lane, working hard. But that's why, you know, you bring somebody like myself on board that can help you navigate and guide through these troubled waters. So, yeah, I love the analogy of swimming with the sharks there. That's that's pretty cool. And uh, I told you earlier, you know, there's another diver on here who was a demolitions expert and was on the wonderful, massive hit Titanic 2. Uh, you know, Kathy always laughs when we talk about that. My kids loved it. She's like, I think your daughters are the only two people that have seen it on Netflix. So, and uh, like, they loved it. I don't know why, but they loved it. So, uh, but I think, you know, you are swimming with sharks in in this yeah. market a lot and so being able to have somebody alongside of you you know I, i've been a coach for many many years and i think just having a coach a mentor someone alongside of you who can tell you when you're going right when you're going left what what you're doing wrong you know or, or how to stay away from the sharks I, I think even you know when you're talking about winning the what we will call it smaller contracts a lot of a lot of people would love to win a million dollar contract much less a two or three or four million dollar contract you know I was just talking to somebody the other day and I was like, walk before you run.
run. I'm like, if the yeah. only thing you have had are hundred thousand dollar contracts and I give you a four million dollar contract, I could crush your business. I could literally crush your business overnight because you can't even fathom how to work that type of business because it's so yeah. much different. You know, now if you're just selling software licenses or something along those lines, whether it's a hundred thousand or a hundred million, it doesn't make a lot of difference. It's just zeros, right? But if, if you have, you know, actual employees involved and product involved and things like that, there there are situations where, you know, instead of growing or scaling up, you know, in a, in a what I would call a structured fashion where you just boom overnight grow, there's a lot of failure. You know, I, I've been a coach for going on 20 years and through my coaching, what we would see that was this really interesting phenomenon was we'd see rookie coaches that would come on and struggle and they'd struggle for three, six, nine months, maybe a year or so. And then all of a sudden they'd hit their stride and they'd start growing and just steadily and, and they just, they'd stand the test of time. And then we'd see coaches that were rookies that would come in and in their first three months, they were at what we would call the platinum status. They would go from zero to like $25,000 a month in revenue and they'd be just killing it. They'd just be killing the business. Three months later, they were out of business. They were gone. They were literally had folded and closed their doors because the overnight success was so much that they couldn't handle it and it would it would literally crush them. And so yep. you you really do need a mentor kind of pacing you. You know, there was the, um, gosh, I can't remember what, what country the guy was from recently that just broke the marathon, the 25 mile oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. number. It, Africa. Yeah, he was somewhere in Africa. And I want to say like uh, South Africa or something. I don't remember where he's from. He and under two hours. Yeah, under two hours. And what they were saying was he had, uh, I think it was like 20 or 30 people pacing him throughout it. And, you know, wow. so throughout it, they, he would have people that would, you know, they would, you know, switch off and come up and help pace him to make sure he was running fast enough so that he would hit it. Yeah. And he only broke the, the two hour thing by like a few seconds. Like we're talking like yeah. four yeah. seconds or something, you know, yeah. how, oh, but man. He but he did it. I mean, I can't imagine how that would have felt to like miss it by two seconds, you know, but you know, he had all these experts pacing him to make sure he was going to hit the mark. And I think that's what we see when, when folks like yourself, us, we get in there and we work with these people and we pace them because we can make sure they're going to hit the mark. And I, I just think that's really cool. I love I love what you're doing out there, um, focusing in on a niche. It's so hard to get consultants, Steve, and focus in on a niche. And you've got a really good niche. You guys are hitting it out of the park, um, doing some really cool stuff. And as always- yeah, well, you're very welcome. As and for for people that don't know, uh, probably by the time this podcast has come out, we've got our Game Changers book out there, and David's got a chapter in the book all about this. So, kind of digging deep on those 18 steps to help win sole source contracts. So, if you haven't picked up your copy of the Game Changers book yet, go grab a copy of the Game Changers book and uh, read David's chapter. And uh, you know, look for David to be back on the show anytime. So, so thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it, David. And hey. Thank you are you're welcome anytime. Me. Yeah, cool man. Well, we uh we look it's forward to wonderful. that. Thank you. Yeah, we look forward to that. And as always, all of David's contact information will be on our website so you can go grab it there. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com/gamechangers. slash